0: Section 32 of The Mysteries of London, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Celine Major. The Mysteries of London, Volume 3, by George W. M. Reynolds. Section 32 Rainford in the Subterranean. Tom Rain reached the bottom of the stairs in perfect safety and as he had carefully noted the geography of the subterranean when he traversed it an hour previously with old death he experienced but little difficulty in threading his path along it even amidst the black darkness through which he literally seemed to be pushing his way in a few minutes his progress was stopped by a wall which his extended arms encountered and he now knew that he had reached the extremity communicating with the house in turnmill street "'Having succeeded in grasping the wire which, passing through the top of the vault, "'was connected with the mechanism of the clock overhead, he pulled it vigorously. "'But the machinery moved not. "'Then, for the first time during this eventful night, "'the highwayman became appalled at the dangers on which he had entered. "'Again he tugged at the wire. "'It snapped short close by the roof, and the long piece thus broken off fell at his feet. "'Damnation!' cried Rainford and he stamped impatiently on the cold, damp stones. Suddenly it struck him that there might be one wire to move the clock over the opening at the head of the iron ladder, and another wire to move it away from that opening. He accordingly began to feel with his hands for this second wire, the existence of which was suggested by his imagination, but at the end of a minute he was compelled to admit to himself that it did indeed exist only in imagination. No such second wire was to be found he then hastily ascended the ladder and endeavoured to hurl the clock from off the opening which it covered but the huge machine was as solidly fixed there as if it had formed a portion of the vaulted roof itself escape seemed to grow every moment more hopeless and now came the appalling thought that old death and the doctor would soon have sufficient time to repair from the house in red lion street to that in Turnmill street and thus secure against him the avenue covered by the clock even if it were not sufficiently secure already, what was he to do? Again and again he tried to force away the heavy clock, but there it stood, immovable. And when he paused to reflect, its steady, monotonous ticking fell ominously upon his ears. At length it struck him that he would retrace his way to the other extremity, force up the trap door leading to old death's bedchamber, and with a pistol in each hand, dare everything but what if the trap-door was secured on the other side no he remembered to have observed that there was not a bolt nor a bar to break the level of its upper surface as it fitted in flush with the floor encouraged by the scintillation of hope that thus gleamed in upon him rainford hurried back to the other end of the subterranean ascended the spiral staircase grasped his pistols and listened attentively all was still in the room above not a murmur of a voice nor the creaking of a footstep he then slowly and carefully drew back the bolt of the trap-door and tried to raise it but it moved not he applied additional force under the impression that some heavy piece of furniture might have been dragged over the trap but still it was as motionless as the thick solid substantial flooring in which it was set rainford returned the pistols to his pockets so that nothing might impede the application of all his strength to the task on which his liberty depended but no the door moved not the highwayman bit his under lip almost till the blood started forth for he felt that his calmness was abandoning him then how bitterly did he repent the course which he had adopted after his interruption in the laboratory by the appearance of dr lassell instead of trusting himself to that hideous subterranean He should have essayed an escape by means of the front rooms of the house. Regrets were, however, useless. He must act, and not waste time in self-reproach. Yes, he must act, if he would not die in that dreadful place where the vindictiveness of old death would be sure to leave him. To act! Oh, how easy to think of acting! But how was he to put his thought into execution? A stone pavement beneath stone walls on either side, a stone ceiling overhead. At one end an avenue closed by a huge clock. At the other a trap-door evidently secured on the outside. These were the obstacles. These were the barriers against which he had to contend. And what were the implements within his power? His two hands, a clasped knife, and a pair of pistols quick as lightning the idea flashed across him that the iron ladder at the other extremity of the subterranean was movable and that it would serve him as a battering-ram rejoiced at this thought he once more retraced his way along the vaulted passage and eagerly grasped the ladder his conjecture was right it merely hooked on to two iron rings fixed into the masonry just below the aperture covered by the clock and heavy though it was yet rainford now bore it as easily as if it were of wood for renewed hope had rendered him strong and bold as a lion it was however somewhat difficult to drag the iron ladder up the spiral staircase but in a few minutes this portion of the task was accomplished and rainford now prepared to assault the secret entrance to old death's dwelling placing himself in such a position that he might deal a vigorous blow upwards with his ponderous engine and then be able to seize his pistols the instant they might be required he went to work with a stout arm and a still stouter heart. Once, twice, thrice, and up swung the ladder. That single blow was sufficient, and the trap-door burst from its setting. Quick as thought, Rainford seized his two pistols and thrusting up the trap ascended the last steps of the spiral staircase. Throwing back the carpet which had been replaced over the trap-door, he found, to his infinite surprise, that there was no resistance to his egress from that subterranean where at one time it seemed probable that he was destined to find a tomb and gazing rapidly around the room he neither perceived old death nor the doctor nor indeed a single living soul recovering all his wonted calmness he proceeded to examine the trap-door for the purpose of ascertaining how it had been secured against him and on close inspection he observed a spring-bolt let into the side of the trap-door in such a way that when the trap was closed it neither appeared above nor below it this bolt was either held back within the wood or made to fly into a hole made to receive it in the beam against which the trap-door closed by means of two screws that could easily be pressed inwards but the force of rainford's battering-ram had unsettled this artfully contrived piece of mechanism it was clear that someone had secured the trap-door because even if the spring bolt had flown into its socket by accident still the carpet could not have spread out of its own accord moreover when rainford had retreated to the subterranean he had heard footsteps and voices in old death's room it therefore struck him that those who had so secured the trap-door had departed to protect the avenue of escape in turnmill street in the confidence that the said trap-door was too strong to be forced nevertheless it was necessary to guard against the possibility of an ambuscade, and Tom held his pistols in a manner calculated to render them instantaneously available. He determined to proceed by way of the laboratory, but on trying the door, he found it locked. Without an instant's hesitation, he forced it open with one vigorously applied blow of his foot, but here again he encountered no resistance. Passing through the laboratory, he tried the door by which he had seen dr lascelles appear and disappear again so abruptly and this time he was spared the necessity of violent exertion for the door was not locked he now entered a passage leading to a flight of stairs down which he hastened and reached a kind of hall from whence the street door opened but he did not immediately issue forth he experienced an invincible curiosity to ascertain if old death had in reality been released from the state of bondage in which he had left him and forgetting the terrible dangers whence he had escaped with so much difficulty he re-ascended the staircase the appearance of this part of the house was dirty and neglected indeed it afforded no evidence that the tenement was inhabited at all but conveyed quite the contrary impression The fan light above the front door was boarded over, and thus the hall itself was nearly dark, the only light it enjoyed being admitted through the ill-closed joints of the boarding just mentioned. The paper was falling away from the walls of the staircase, and dust and dirt had accumulated wherever the hand touched or the eye could penetrate. On regaining the landing on the first floor, Tom Rain tried a door opposite to that by which he had issued from the laboratory, but it was locked he forced it open and found himself as he suspected he should in the very room where he had left old death for that apartment had two doors and to his ineffable surprise old death was still there still sitting in the chair to which he had been fastened with a strong cord and that cord had not been removed the head of the fence was bent forward and hung or rather drooped upon his breast the highwayman was alarmed and hastened towards him but the moment he caught a glimpse of his features he started back horror-stricken and stupefied as it were by the hideous spectacle that presented itself to his view for the old man's countenance was fearfully distorted and nearly black the eyes protruded from their sockets and seemed staring on vacancy and the under jaw had fallen holy god he is dead ejaculated rainford at length and i i have killed him at that instant the door leading from the inner apartment was slowly and cautiously opened and the highwayman yielding to a natural impulse turned and fled abruptly by the one communicating with the passage and which he had forced open a few moments previously this movement on his part was so sudden and so quickly executed that he did not perceive the person who was entering the room but whether that person observed him or not he was unaware descending the stairs three or four at a time the highwayman quitted the house by the front door and did not breathe freely until he had closed it behind him and found himself at length in the open street dauntless daring as he was the idea that he had caused though unintentionally the death of the old fence prostrated for a time the powers of a naturally vigorous mind and horror threw all his thoughts into chaotic confusion he did not even pause a moment to examine as well as the darkness of the hour would have permitted him the outward appearance of the house which he had just left but hurried away as quickly as he could go from the vicinity of a place where he had seen and undergone so much in such an incredibly short space of time for it was about one o'clock when he and old death had entered the house in turnmill street and st paul's proclaimed the hour of three as Rainford Cross, Smithfield Market. End of section 32 Read by Céline Major